Hey guys, welcome to Whole Human Radio, where I bring you the next generation of transformation topics, guides, teachers, and concepts so that you can develop a deeper, more loving, more holistic relationship with yourself, and as a result, have better relationships within all areas of your life. We are multidimensional beings, and we need to learn how to work with, honor, and acknowledge all aspects of our whole human experience, which is why each week I'll be bringing you uncommon, sometimes unpopular conversations where I deconstruct and demystify these high-level, one-dimensional concepts, self-help topics, empowerment, spirituality, and relationship principles that can sometimes leave us feeling more at war with ourselves, more dissociated, and like we didn't get invited to the secret spiritual sorority where everyone just thinks positive thoughts and it's all of a sudden manifesting magic and happiness all the time. So thank you for being here and welcome to the show. Hello, beautiful whole human tribe. Thank you. Deep, deep, deep gratitude today for you being here with me throughout the whole human radio evolution. I love watching this all come together and especially this series that I'm calling the soul series that started off with Sandra Logan. And today I will uh, be bringing you Katie Sweetman, who is a intuitive astrologer that I met back in 2014. And She's going to be helping me help you understand why the energetics of your own personal astrology chart and the collective planetary placements are so important and compelling and what they can show us and how they can help us and what they're doing here in your own personal path and how they're supporting you. Um, it, it, astrology is a tool that I've used for years. It, like like any tool, it's not going to heal you. We have to do the personal integration, self-love work. We have to show up in our lives. But astrology has been one of those tools that has been really affirming because I'm sensitive. And so if you're sensitive at all, or maybe unconsciously you're sensitive and don't even realize what you're picking up on, astrology is one of those really great tools that can help you kind of understand what it is, why you're in a certain cycle, for instance, in your life, or why you're going through a certain phase, and maybe even how long that phase will last, or when the energies will start to ease up. So enjoy your show with Katie. Uh, listen into the end to find out more about what she's up to and how to get all reading with her. She's got some upcoming classes that I think you'll be interested in, and enjoy your show. Katie, welcome to Whole Human Radio. Hi, how are you? Thank I'm, you. <laughs> I'm really good. I'm. Um, it's beautiful weather here in Houston, Texas, ironically, in the middle of July. And I am incredibly just happy that our paths crossed back in 2014. And then here we are in 2019. Five years later, I, I, I don't even know where the time went. <laughs> <laughs> and crazy circles, beautiful circles, not crazy, beautiful circles in my life of people that I met kind of at the beginning, I would say, of my own personal real awakening or my real, you know, healing journey. And then here we are talking again. I just think it's really beautiful. Yeah. I, I mean, that's what astrology is, even though we're not explicitly talking about astrology at the moment, but it's all about circles of time and coming back to the same place, almost like a spiral, whether it's five years, a year, 10 years later. So here we are. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I wanted, the reason why I want to have, have you on and have this discussion around astrology is because I am committed to, and my whole mission is having these really holistic conversations around what it really means to heal and thrive mm -hmm. as a human and understanding our own paths, because so much of what um, we bump up against in life is kind of this resistance to what's going on, whether that mm -hmm. be, you know, the energetics of the collective or even in our own personal life. And so I wanted people to have a deeper understanding of their own, their own soul's path. Cause it's really astrology is about our own unique soul's path. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the, the path is kind of laid out in the chart, which is almost like a map. It's one of the metaphors that I use to talk about the astrology chart. Um, this, you know, this moment in time that you were born, it creates this, you know, it's what's your north, what's your south, what's your east, what's your west. And I think the it helps us to hopefully see ourselves from an outside perspective, 
because when we can kind of look almost like we're looking from above, we're like, oh yeah, that's that's where I'm headed. It kind of takes some of the the, the awkwardness and the guesswork out. I to say life isn't awkward. <laughs> Definitely is. <laughs> being yeah, and being human is hard. Super and... <laughs> hard. Yeah, it's it, and it's funny because even as, as for as long as I've been plugged into astrology, and it's definitely one of my favorite tools to to go back to, to just affirm to help ease my own personal anxiety, which every once in a while I still bump up against, right? You know, just because like we there's so much, especially if we're sensitive. Are we? Is everyone sensitive to the energetics of their chart, their personal birth charts? Like, is everyone feeling it, whether they know it or not? That's a good question. I think we're all feeling it on some level, whether it's completely unconscious, subconscious, or conscious. And I just, the way that I look at astrology, the the goal uh, is to put consciousness in every facet of your chart Mm. so that you do become more aware of like the sun's dance through the 12 signs or a full moon or a new moon, or maybe you have a you know, particularly prickly uh, arrangement of planets in your chart. And you're like, oh, that's getting triggered again. Here we are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just like the cycles that we all go through in our life, which I do want to dig into with you in a little bit. But I think first, maybe it's, if there's someone who's new to astrology and doesn't even understand what a birth chart is, I think it would be helpful to help. Like what is... You, I know you said it's kind of like the map, right? Mm-hmm. But like, how do we even get to this place where a planet affects our own personal life? Like, what is that about? And what is, um, yeah, how is it helpful? We kind of have already touched on this. So, right. But so it's helpful because it's giving us, like you said, a consciousness to where we perhaps were unconscious before. But mm-hmm. a, a birth chart is not just, I think this is where I really wanted to go. It's not just about my sun and my moon. Exactly. There's, yeah, there's so much other stuff going on in a birth chart. There is. And you, you asked uh, a really fundamental question, like, what is the birth chart? And this idea that where the planets are at the moment that we're born creates almost this network of energy that we are inhabiting and living out and learning through. Um and it's like, well, how is it that the planets even have an effect on us? You know, from a rational 21st century scientific brain, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But there's this um, this axiom in astrology called, it says, as above, so below. Meaning that what is going on in the heavens is also reflected into what's going on here on Earth. And you see this in the whole concept of the microcosm and the macrocosm. That you can look at the uh, the galaxy and its threads of, of stars and nebulae and whatever, and it looks like a neural pathway between the, the cells and the brain. You know, this... And, yeah. yeah. You can look at an atom, and it's got those protons and those neutrons and everything spinning around. You know, and, and it looks like a planet going around a sun. Mm-hmm. So this idea that something so large can be reflected in something so small, it's just the basis of how this universe is hardwired. So it's, Oh, that's beautiful, Katie. I've never heard it explained that way. Yeah. And so true. It's, oh, so, it's so true. And, and it's not to say that, you know, Pluto or the sun or Mercury is zapping these zaps at you um, and making your life, uh, you know, go through, you know, do things. Um, I think that's a way for us to understand. Like we, I mean, I do that too. I'm, uh, even as an astrologer, it's just a way of being able to articulate and understand what's happening. Like Mercury is retrograde right now. There's something that's happening, but the reality is that there's Mercury is just reflecting something inside of us, both on a personal level, on a collective level, a human level. Um, and it's all this kind of dance of atoms and cells and stars and planets and galaxies and something that we you know, can't even like barely wrap our heads around. Mm-hmm. So the word Venus, the word Mercury, the word Pluto, et cetera, it's just giving us a way to describe something that's happening on a level that we can't even comprehend. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And this question may be silly, but what I feel think you're saying is that the planets are reflecting what's happening on the on like a personal level or on the microcosm not 
not there causing it or is it does it bo- go both ways I, I think it's more of a reflecting but it's okay. but I, I also look at astrology as this idea of a way to understand and measure time on a much different level so yes there is this reflection that's happening but there's also this idea that it's you know quote unquote time for us to let's say with mercury retrograde to take a second look at our choices to, to communicate differently to not do things on an impulsive level level but do things on a reflective and retrograde is just simply a reflective process it's a yin phase to the yang direct motion um so hopefully that kind of answers your your question um yeah (laughs) that's that's beautiful um let me just say that maybe we're kind of we're, we're touching on astrology but we're also touching on something that is at the underneath of astrology is everything's energy. And that even though we are physical beings, like, you know, you touch your skin, you can't, your fingers cannot go through the skin. Um, But the reality is everything actually isn't really solid at the micro level. Nothing's truly solid. So this idea that we're just bits and bobs of energy, you know, we're material bodies, but we're kind of connected to something much larger than ourselves. And that's, you know, if somebody says to me, you know what, astrology is BS, well, how can you even think of that? That's fine, whatever. But mm-hmm. I think astrology, it's beauty. It reminds us of that we're always connected to something. And I think that it's kind of, you know, hubris or whatever to think that even in this modern age that we have everything figured out, that we are so disconnected entities floating through time and space that we don't, we don't affect each other uh, maybe we're kind of skirting on quantum physics but I don't know yeah I'm yeah kind of a nerd <laughs> no I I I know and I and I appreciate your um nerdiness for sure here and that is kind of what um I think can be problematic for people let's say on a personal level and maybe even like on a collective level as we do think we have more control than we actually really have right Right. especially with the astrological cycles let's say that we're all supposed to go through or that not I wouldn't maybe supposed to is not the right word that we're all going to go through in this lifetime we all have these cycles that we're going through and a lot of us so looking at a birth chart for instance you could see what say someone's personal um like say wound, like they're, where they're wounding maybe. Where they're wounding um, and, and whether it's, you know, maybe, you know, supposed to is the right word. Okay. Um, maybe there are, and I do yeah. believe in free will. So I believe that, that the, that the astrology just shows us a container, but we still have to choose how to show up within that container. So the, you know, to go back to your question about the wounding or healing work or the path, that there's certain things that have been, that are reflected in the chart that are talking about wounds. You know, that words maybe has a lot of stickiness to it, but, um, mm-hmm. but there's, there's things that we're always returning to. We're still trying to figure out, you know, we're human beings that, that our feelings of lack of self-worth or maybe something that happened in the childhood while personal and while very real connects us to a greater experience on a collective mm-hmm. level. So I think that, that healing and, and, you know, I think you, when we were doing our little chit chat before, um, we've talked about this idea of like our healing work and, you know, how we, we, you know, how do we go about it and what's important. And we still have to show up and feel we can't kind of go away from these kind of intrinsic things that are in the chart. We have to do our work and transform and transmute. And sometimes in the spiritual community, there's this whole idea of bypassing. It's yeah. like, I'm just going to meditate away these, right. these, these emotions. And not to say meditation isn't a powerful tool, but you you still have to feel those emotions that are locked into your body that maybe are wrapped around a particular event in your life or a particular event in childhood. Um, you don't have to re-traumatize yourself, but there has to be a release. Maybe this is me just being a Scorpio. Um, no, well, I've got a ton of Scorpio in my chart, so I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. keep going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's Pluto work. And I think that's when, you know, you and I are, were recording this just after a pretty heavy eclipse season in July of 2019, where Pluto energy was very much woven into the the astrological experience and pluto is like we can't we can't run away 
Mm-hmm. We can't run away from that childhood trauma, that feeling of separation or abandonment or somebody that broke our heart or the how we often get disempowered. It's like, no, it's right in our face. So Right, right, right. Right. What it, it seems like what, it, what you're really speaking to is like, one, we're multidimensional beings. And so we can't just um, we can't just bypass this stuff through spirituality or, su- or through contemplating our true nature or through contemplating the fact that we're all connected and we're spirit. We also have to contend with the human yeah. aspect of our experience and our hearts and our emotions and, and our somatic, you know, cellular, all these aspects of our physical experience. But what you're saying with the astrology is it feels like it's like the astrology is there to help support us, to help push us along and guide us. So if let's say you... Um, Let's say you are someone who's, um, you know, I don't know, chronically numbing out or dissociating or avoiding, or, or is that even possible? Like, like, and I'm, and I, cause I think I have know the answer to this question, but I think eventually the astrologies are going to, you're going to have to contend with some of this yeah. stuff at some point in time. It's, uh, you know, I've, I've, at this point in my career, I've spoken to a lot of people. So I've, I've seen people inhabiting their charts at very different levels. And this is not, of course, not a judgment. We're all kind of where we need to be or where we are in the story. Um, but I've, there's been people that are just very disconnected from their charts and, and from their, and from their bodies and from life and their experience with the, what are called the astrological transits, meaning your chart is this fixed moment in time, but the planets are still moving. And this is where I use the metaphor of the clock. You know, there's this idea there's the map level of astrology, but then there's the clock level of astrology. And what, what time is it in your life? And if you're going through what's called a Saturn transit, and that's kind of a fancy word for saying that it's time, you know, air quotes, it's time yeah. to face Saturn, face responsibility, face cause and effect, uh, be mature, do the right thing. And if you have been fundamentally disassociating, maybe that that Saturn transit, that, that moment when you have that little sit down with Saturn on an energetic level, um, it's it's a bit more difficult mm-hmm. because maybe, and this is where we're kind of getting into a little bit more of a philosophical discussion, maybe it's this is the lifetime where you do face certain things or you do make certain choices and then through your free will, it's, you're not. Mm-hmm. And that's your choice. But mm-hmm. we live in a physical reality. We are spiritual beings, but then here in a physical reality, we're kind of we have to abide by the law of cause and effect. Right. You don't pay your right. bills. There is a cause and effect. Right. So you so you're kind of piggybacking on in another conversation I had with um, a woman psychic medium who's like we can make our lives harder or we can make them easier. And and like you said, no judgment depending on where you're at with your own with the, um, the energetics of your own, you know, chart. But, um, like for instance, well, let's talk about, this may be a good, uh, segue to talk about some of the major life cycles that are going to happen here for us in our own personal lives that are here to support us. Like I know, for instance, like Saturn return Mm -hmm. happens right around the time of we're 30. And then like the Neptune returning, correct me if I'm saying this wrong, around the time we're 40. Like what do, what are those cycles here? Like, what are they teaching us? What are they here to support us on? And why are they important to understand? Cause they're kind of these major life moments. And, and, and as humans, we kind of want to push things or be further along. And you and I talked about this in our last chat, like you and I in 2014 were in. So like you and I have these very beautifully similar charts. So you and I are going through a lot of the same energetics or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was really fun to talk to you and, and, and kind of both of us feel like, even though we've been doing this for a while, we both feel like we're just getting started anyway. So I think it's, this is really beautiful because like the, the astrologies are there that are, that have really been supporting us and show us this. Um, anyway, so to kind of let's dance with that a little bit for a while. Some of these important cycles. So the, every planet has its own <laughs> rhythm and time. So let's say a planet like the sun we're very familiar with because every year comes back to where it was in the sky and we celebrate our birthday. It's a time to reconnect with ourselves, to celebrate life. The sun is life. The sun is vitality. Um, And to mark our time here on this earth on a very personal level. But there are bigger cycles of time. And 
something like the Saturn return, which you mentioned, Saturn takes 29 years to go around the sun, ergo, go around the chart, almost like a hand on the clock. And so when you get to age 28, 29, it's your big check-in with the planet of maturity, structure, growing older, growing wiser. And 28, 29, not always, but can be a little bit of a rude awakening, certainly was for me. Um, but the you know silver lining that came out of it was that I, I came to astrology. I already was interested in astrology, but it was really at my Saturn return that I discovered that it was this powerful tool, both on a personal level, but also in a way to, to work with people. And so Saturn then connected me to my life's purpose. So, but I had to go through that, you know, kind of oh crap moment, um, where I had to look at my life with very, uh, with a, a very like, sobriety is the best word I can use. Um, there was no moving away from things. Um, but there are, you know, we have different, um, words in our language or cultural language to describe these planetary cycles, you know, Saturn, you know, uh, it's like the quarter life crisis. We have the seven year itch, Saturn working mm. in these seven year cycles. Um, a Mars return is every two years, the terrible twos. Mars is like, mm. no, Mars is asserting yourself. Um, a planet like Uranus, which is 84 years. Now, we may or may not live 84 years on this planet, but it's, there's a greater chance we might live to age 42. So age 42 is the classic midlife crisis, Uranus opposition, the halfway mark. And Saturn, if Saturn is like eat your cereal and like pay your bills and go to work on time and like do what you're supposed to do, then Uranus is like, yeah, well, who are you really? Is this really what you want to do? Is this how you want to spend your life? And so we have that kind of like shake up. Um, the shakeup of these structures that we've built um, as adults. And then we're like, oh, wait, maybe this isn't what I want to do or the life I want to live. And that's why, you know, because we live in a very materialistic society, we get these kind of existential crises. We go buy a car, we leave a relationship, we get a younger girlfriend. But I think at the core of this time is us to return to who we really are on a very deep level. Because we can get very calcified, we can get very stuck in our ways, and this, you know, age forty-two is meant to like be like, hey, don't get too stuck in your ways. You got stuff to do. Um, you know, in a way, it's meant to keep us limber spiritually. You know, I'm, you know, you and I are the same age, and I've, you know, I've just turned forty. Um, we'll be forty-two in November or forty-one November. So we're like in the gate. Don't make us older. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's, let's not think too ahead of ourselves. We're like we're in the gate, but here I'll speak from my own experience. Is that I, I left my, you know, Uranus changed signs. It goes into Taurus back in March. And I left my job of 12 years. Um, I'd already been doing this, you know, full time in a way um, for a while. But this was like really, truly doing this full time. And Uranus was like, you're not the person that sits in that cubicle. You are, you know, this astrologer. This right, right. And as, so what I'm he oh sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, no, I was just gonna say I think the writing was on the wall for me and because I'm a practical minded person, I you know, I was really uh, took my time to kind of extricate myself from that old life, that old version of myself. But it yeah. really was a leap of faith. Oh, I can feel it. Yeah, I think and I think that's how I am too. Like I I'm taking my time before I and there is it is going to be a big leap of faith. But I and it what I so what I'm what it feels like you're kind of reiterating is like we can either do these cycles in our lives consciously like in in astrology and understanding our own personal charts and the cycles and the progressions that's that's going to help us to understand, put into context some of what we're feeling and then maybe say, instead of going out and buying the, you know, sports car or dating the person 20 years younger than us, maybe if we had a better understanding of say what's going on for us, we could take, um, take on say the Uranus, uh, and I'm not, and I don't even know how to say it, but the Uranus energy, the energy. The, yeah. The, thank you. The energy more consciously than, um, than just sort of being in reactivity, um, unconsciously exactly. to that energy.
In- yeah. Instinct is the lowest form of consciousness. So you can live your life at and live your astrology at a very reactive and instinctual level. But the idea is that you're like, oh, wait, why do I have this reaction? What's, why do I keep saying this, doing this when this happens? So then you hopefully start to have a more of an external awareness of yourself. And that's where change and that's where healing actually happens. It doesn't happen in the instinctual level. Because this is what I think, and maybe this is me on my soapbox for a moment, um, especially people that keep going back to people that do certain modalities or certain energy work, you can clear, Uh somebody else can clear something for you, no problem, but it's going to keep coming back because Uh you haven't consciously connected to why that energy is there in the first place. Absolutely. Beautiful. That's exactly what I'm always working on with women all the time is like women and some men now, but bridging that gap between, you know, bridging that gap between what we're feeling and experiencing and what maybe like we intellectually know or spiritually understand that discomfort, that's where the healing work happens. Um, yeah, no going in. I think I, I sometimes call those modalities, um, like eraser techniques or whatever, you know, they're just not getting to the core. Right. It's, it's, uh, palliative in a way it Mm -hmm. like helps you make you feel better i don't want to completely discount them um but it needs to be something that's in tandem with the deeper personal work it's at the end of the day like i can't um i can't tell you what your truth is i can't heal you nobody can truly heal you unless on a physical level you're 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 bleeding out on the on the table in the operating room but um but on those like deeper spiritual levels like i think for us to really truly heal we have to almost like rise our consciousness to a level where we can see ourselves as if we're either like lucid dreaming like we're like awake in the dream or we're looking at our life from an external vantage point as if we're watching a play mm-hmm. you know here's here's an example like one of my this is like a personal share like one of my deeper <laughs> um core issues like my button is worth and value and so when somebody like challenges my value, it like rattles my cage, so to speak. But I'm like, oh, yeah, there it is again. So the goal is to uh, just to kind of work through that um, energetic button so it doesn't have the same, you know, somebody presses it and it doesn't have the same emotional or psychic or spiritual reaction. Mm-hmm. Um you know, when I when I quit my job, you know, I had people saying, oh, you're going to make a living out of this. It was a very innocent statement, but it was, it was hitting like a, you know, the old crap, like, how can I actually do this? And then, you know, or I have an experience where somebody tells me I'm not good. Or if this mm-hmm. were, you know, five or five years ago, six years ago, I would have just like completely crumbled. You know, there've been points in my career where people told, tell me I'm not, I shouldn't be doing this. I'm not good at it. And there was a moment six years ago where I was like, hmm, maybe they're right. Oh, well, I'm glad you didn't listen to him. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying this yeah. to like, you know, kind of yeah. my ego. It's just that was my, the, the, these people come in, they're like these avatars of the wounding. They're the avatars of the soul work uh-huh. that you need to do. And they're just like, they're just running the script. And you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Well, and that actually, that's a perfect, it's perfect setup for the next question that I wanted to ask you, which I felt like, and it still may be much more complex than you and I could even get into when we're talking like from a conceptual or theoretical level. But when you were talking about, um, say like the Saturn return that happens when we're about 28 or 29, I remember for me personally, like I know it was questioning kind of what I wanted to do, what, where I really wanted my placement in life to be, but it wasn't really, um, it wasn't really that it wasn't really that true to my own authentic self, right? Because I just, I didn't have a relationship with, with my, really with who I was yet. My particular uh, family of origin and trauma was just really um, shaming for Mm -hmm. who I authentically was. So rebuilding back a relationship has been with myself has been my work, right? So 28, 29, my point is, is I'm not really listening. And then guess what happens? It sounds like it's around 31, 32, the avatar, the person, the relationship for my particular healing and wounding um, came into my life that really shook things up. And so it was, so what it feels like is it was a little bit later than my say Saturn return might've been happening, but 
the people were there that were going to help me really, really rebuild back a relationship with myself. And as a result, come in, you know, come into this place, grow into this place where I am now, which is doing the healing work that I've always done, but I was doing it so codependently and unconsciously before and trying to fix, heal, rescue people. Oh, I know that one. To, <laughs> yeah. <Same. laughs> in order to feel worthy or whatever. Anyway, so the, my question kind of is, is like, if we are, it sounds like if we're not really listening to the energies of our personal charts, that they, that the, the avatars, the people, the situations that they'll, will continue to kind of get these, the support to push us, along if we right? yeah or... i mean that's what i believe i mean maybe, okay. maybe the reality is different but that's just what i yeah. what i've seen in my time and working with people is that you know maybe for you there was something else in your chart that kind of triggered that story again that's that was separate from the saturn return that's why early 30 we, you know that that person or that situation came into your life um you know for for me, you know, I think that when you don't listen and maybe you've kind of, I don't know, when this is like getting into spirituality and, and philosophy, maybe you've kind of agreed to certain things, agreed right. to learn certain lessons and, and do certain things. And I truly believe that Saturn is just trying to keep you on track. You know, mm-hmm. like like um, you know, like a wedding organizer is like the, the 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 image that comes into my head. It's like, no, no, you're supposed to show up at this date and do this thing and say I do, and my job is to make sure that happens and make mm-hmm. sure everything kind of whatever. You know, so I think that there are things that we all have to do. Um, I, I know I can only speak for myself, of course. There's certainly yeah. things that I have to do, and there's things that I've had to learn. And so I and I'm not saying I'm perfect. I just try to be more present with the you're using astrology as a tool to be more present within what's being asked of me on a soul level to grow to to face my fears to not be so pulled off of my the truth of myself when somebody tells me i'm not good um so i don't slip into some sort of old pattern maybe a pattern that's ancestral maybe a pattern that is past life i mean we can you know, take this to all different levels but it always of course the present moment is always the most important moment yeah Yeah. Well, that's one of the beautiful things about astrology to me and about working with you as an astrologer is that I don't think it is just separate from our spirituality, meaning it's, um, it's our own personal, uh, you know, it's, it's our own personal energetics of our life here. And if I believe that I'm a spiritual being or, you know, have a soul or whatever, then it's all, it's all intertwined. You can't help, at least I personally can't help, but look back over the different, um, astrology readings I've had over the years and just see how the astrologies were really beautifully supporting me and my soul on my path. And, and some of the things that say felt like disruptive or that felt like huge, you know, they were huge, hugely transform. They were hugely transformative, even though they, maybe I didn't like them or they were extremely painful or they were very disruptive. And it felt like, you know, if I, um, you know, like, why is this happening? But you can always look back at the astrologies and from the soul level and like, oh, this is, this is all deeply meaningful and purposeful and is getting me to where ultimately, um, I feel deeply connected and in sync with my life. Anyway, is that? I, yeah, I I completely agree. And I, and I think the, the next level is that you see your life as this beautiful gift and that you are kind of weaving this story and living this life and making these choices and, and hopefully doing the best you can to be the best human being so that you can then, like, when you leave this life, you're like, here, this is my testimony. This is the life that I lived. This is what I learned. And this is how I helped empower myself, empowered others. Because mm-hmm. if we are truly all connected, um, what we you know, these insights, these powerful openings of awareness of self, it, it, it opens space for everybody. Mm-hmm. It ripples mm-hmm. outward. I mean, maybe I'm getting a little woo woo, but <laughs> no, I know. And it's so funny because you and I really went deep pretty quickly. And I feel like so we're gonna maybe I can pull this back just a little bit. And I, it, I'm, I'm glad we did. But so for someone who like, hasn't even had, let's say, just a birth chart reading because we're talking about the progressions and the lessons and how we're supported and our souls paths are supported by this yeah we're, we're like next level at this yeah point. <laughs> yeah we're like next level so let's bring it down maybe just <laughs> a little bit <laughs> 
Um, so for someone who's curious, like, like the birth chart is actually going to like speak to, let's say, like I have a very transpersonal chart, but someone else may have a very personal chart. Um, speak to the birth chart and kind of what it can show you and maybe help you understand just from like a personality or purpose or inclination or um, it, yeah, from right. that level. Well, let's, we can just start with the, the, the basic fundamentals. If, if somebody is into astrology all they know is their sun sign i feel like these days you know with the with the internet and and stuff people like know their moon sign people know their rising i'm always i'm i'm surprised how much things have changed in the last five years but i'm kind of getting off track from it um so let's say but let's just say you just know your sun sign so the next step is to get your birth time now here in the united states it's recorded on the birth certificate by law um there's if you're if you're an older person that might the the laws might be varying be be, i think before like 1960 something but um by and large you can get it on your birth your birth certificate or order a copy of your birth certificate make sure to sometimes get the long form um outside of the u.s it depends maybe a family member has recorded it maybe it's been recorded legally but when you have that birth time it kind of creates something that's very specific to you is it the end of the world if you can't find your birth time of course not but if you can get it if it's possible it sets up this very particular kind of arrangement of signs and planets and energies and relationships within so when you look at a chart it's a wheel because everything happens in, in, in the wheel, in the circle. That wheel is the wheel of life. So this is, you know, in a way, how the different areas of your life and living are organized. And so you'll see that you're not just your sun. You have all these other little planets that act as these kind of stand-ins for certain types of experience or let's say how you express your voice how you do relationship mercury venus how you take action mars the lessons you're learning saturn um and then the birth time creates what's called the rising sign which is lit like just simply it's the constellation of the zodiac that's coming up in the east at the moment that you're born and that in a way is almost like a second self it's like a skin for the chart it kind of sets up these four directions north south east west uh the rising sign has a lot to do with personality when you walk into a room are you shy or are you larger than life you you might see very different types of personality based on the rising um and then there's the moon the moon in my book is just as important as the sun. They're actually in a, in a relationship. They're in a marriage. They're kind of the root yin and yang energies of the chart. And so the moon is what you need. It's temperament. It's feeling. Um, your moon sign might be in a very different sign than your sun, which means your temperament and your need might be very different than how you express who you are. But it kind of creates this dynamic or tension um, that makes you that very unique and faceted, multifaceted person. And then the rising sign is kind of that sets the container for you and your life. And then there is something in astrology called houses. When you look at a chart, the chart is divided into 12 different sections. And these are almost like the different hours of your life, different areas of life. You know, there's a, a house or an area for home. There's a house for relationships. There's a house for money. I mean, I'm kind of oversimplifying it, but... No, but I like it. It's good. I think we need to. <laughs> <laughs> it's a one-on-one level. Uh, let's, let's take it away from the quantum physics and, and conscience to, like, you know, simple, mach- simple machines. Um, so, you know, depending on the arrangement of the planets in the sky at the moment that you're born, certain houses might be highlighted. If you don't have a planet in a house, it doesn't mean that area of your life isn't as important, but it's it's, it's kind of, let's say, not it's less emphasized. You really, you know, you have to really look at all the different parts to kind of synthesize it, you know, kind of breaking it down into these, these individual parts. Um, so that starts to form um, 
again, this map, you know, there's an area for career, you know, what, what are you naturally hardwired for, for career? There's something in astrology, and this might be a little intermediate, but I, I just kind of want to put it out there. It's called rulerships. So each sign of the zodiac has a planet that is, is what's called its ruler. Um, you know, Scorpio is Mars, Sagittarius is Jupiter, for instance. And then you look and you see, okay, where are the planets? Are they in their sign, in the sign that it's ruled, or is it out of the sign? You know, is it taking on different characteristics? A Mars in, in Pisces is going to have, you know, how you take action, Mars, is going to be a very different Mars in Pisces, which is more spiritually driven, compassionately, emotionally driven, than if it's in Aries, where it's ruled, which is very fiery, very me first, take, you know, forward movement, Mars. So you start to get all these different, layers of information and uh, facets of the self and that, you know, you can look at that chart from a very, you know, who am I, very personality level of things, which is fine. And then you start to build because really it's just about deepening your awareness of yourself and then you're going deeper, deeper, deeper. And then maybe, you know, you're talking about some of the things that we're talking about. It's not that we are better or whatever. It's just we're kind of dug into ourselves i mean i've i've ripped myself in two a couple of times since my saturn return so it's not without pain um but i wouldn't trade it for the world you know what i mean and i think astrology and that's why it spoke to me so much um at age 28 29 is because it gave language to the why why did this happen why now why did I why did I self-destruct myself? And so I'm like, oh, because it's time. It's time to rip yourself, you know, rip your guts out. It's time to rebuild yourself. It's time to look at the shadow or whatever. You know, everybody's everybody's got a different time in their chart. It just, you know, this is why I said that you and I we kind of have similar timings because we have similar charts so that we're like, oh yeah, like now it's time to be more out in the world, for instance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just love it because it's so technical and sciencey, and I do have as as out there as I can be and as philosophical as I can be. It just feels so, like you said, like it gives kind of a reason. It gives like it just makes so much sense to me. Um, so that's why I love it so much. And I've been doing astrology readings or birth charts. My mom started taking us to do get astrology readings when we were very little. Um, so. And it's, it's never been, it's always been something to just have deeper understanding. And I haven't always been, um, as in tune, like meaning I haven't always listened to some of that stuff. And I've been a little bit more in resistance to my own, the rhythm of my own soul and my own life. And I finally, uh, since about the age of 31, 32, have, have just really learned to to listen and embrace all aspects of my, my birthright. Like even for instance, I'll just use this as an example and you maybe have, might have something to add to this, but like I have mercury retrograde in my mm-hmm. birth chart, which I know makes me not as eloquent of a speaker as I am, as I would like to be. But so it's funny because I'm, I'm constantly kind of, I wouldn't say self-conscious, but I'm maybe a little bit overly apologetic for because I, I, I hear stuff in my head so much more lucidly and clearly and succinctly and beautifully than when it, and then when it starts to come out of my mouth, I'm like, that did not come out. <laughs> it's like words too. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm not born with the Mercury retrograde. I'm born a little bit before you, but I had what's called Mercury retrograde by progression. But um, you know, that might be a little bit of an intermediate point. But I, you know, you and I both have what's called Mercury square Saturn. And so the lesson was for us to find our voice. You know, you and I are obviously very different souls, but mm-hmm. we had this very similar lesson about learning to speak, learning to be heard, learning to master Saturn, the voice, communication, Mercury. It With Saturn, things take time. So when I was a kid, I was, was in speech therapy because I used to like mumble my words. Even when I started kind of putting myself out there in the astrology world, creating my business, and I was still stumbling and, and stuttering. And it's been a it's been a hard work to really master my Mercury. So I, I completely sympathize, you know, mm-hmm. just because I know that we have that similar aspect in our own charts. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, so it's beautiful to know that and to see that and uh, understand that and then also not, and not let it say limit me from doing what I really want to do. Like say starting a podcast or putting my voice out there in the world. Obviously I I feel like I write much better than I speak, but, um, yeah, it was interesting because for years as a young person and young adult, I just wouldn't talk about myself. It was just easier to listen than it was to talk. So yeah, not speech therapy, but definitely, you know, it took a lot of growth, a lot of personal work and a lot of, yeah, just intentionally, uh, uh, being okay with being heard and, um, and saying, you know, you're worthy of being heard too. You're, you have a voice, you're allowed to show up and, and speak and take up space anyway. So that's, that's, that's so cool. I love that we were able to touch on that and both of us give personal experience, personal life experiences. Cause I think that brings some of this, if it, if astrology does feel heady or conceptual for someone, it kind of gives it a tangible life. Yeah. It makes thing. a human you know, and, and shows mm-hmm. how we are actually living these kind of more intellectual and abstract concepts. You know, if my chart has this running theme about being seen, about hiding, then the, 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 one of the story arcs of my life is to, is to kind of work through that. That's the idea at least. Is that because you're, you have a, you said you had a lot of your planets in the 12th house? Yeah, I have like a that? lot of planets in the 12th, um, both the ruler of my son and my moon in the 12th conjunct Neptune. Um, sorry, this is like astro speak. Um, but I have what's called an interception in Leo. Um, so uh, the the sign of Leo is kind of gobbled up in the eighth house and my God, I'm like sounding like such a astrology and like Jupiter is intercepted in the eighth, but in actual plain English, um, when you kind of take these very, this technical data, um, what it tells me as an astrologer, cause I speak the language is that I had to really work and I will continue to work because I'm still on this planet. I'm still figuring myself out, um, to, to be seen, to be heard. Mm-hmm. It's not my instinct is to hide. You know, this is just, this is a very personal share, but I had to mm-hmm. look at why I was hiding in the first place. That's the work of consciousness. That's the work mm-hmm. of awareness. So right. for me to get on Facebook Live with my Facebook page, Empowering Astrology, um, it it's it wasn't as simple as like I'm going to do this. I mean, it was it was a decision, but I knew that I'd gotten to a point in the story and the journey where I could no longer kind of hide behind something. I have to be seen. It's again, it's not for my ego. It's not for I'm better than somebody, but I just know looking at my chart, knowing myself through the chart that this is the part where I get very uncomfortable and, and put myself out there because when I first started astrology, my name was nowhere on anything that I did. My personal picture, no name. I had this really, uh, <laughs> irrational fear that people were just going to come knocking on my door and like with pitchforks and <laughs> torches and I would get like anxiety. I was like, Oh my God, what if somebody Googles me and they see that I'm an astrologer? What are they going to think? And you know what would happen? I would keep attracting people into my life who would then mirror that fear. The first time I taught a class in astrology uh, here in Brooklyn, I had like somebody email me that said that they can't believe that the the, the organization in which that I it was like a like a regular place where you can teach classes would 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 do astrology. That's just that's took them down, took took that organization down in their book. Um, and like and they, this is how they literally ended the email. What do I have to say for myself? <laughs> Oh my God. And this is, this is the avatar. This is the avatar of the, my fears made, you know, made whatever. And it's just, you know, I, 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 not to discount the very human experience I was having, but like when you kind of take yourself out of that experience and see it from an outsider perspective, like, Oh yeah, that guy, he's doing Uh this for me. He's doing the work. Yeah. He's helping you along. Yeah. I've, you know, I was on a date with somebody and I was being very like protective about the fact that I was an astrologer. And then it came up. And meanwhile, we were having like great chemistry. And like when I said I was an astrologer, it was like, meow. And then, you know, we have one drink. He's like, you know, thanks, but I got to go kind of a thing. And I'm just like, like, I'm a, I'm a woman. Like, I'm devastated. So I go, I go back home and I'm like trying not to burst into tears. And spirit says to me, it's not about the astrology. And they were right. 
it's not about the astrology. It was about me having self-confidence in who I am and what I do, which brings me back to the root lesson, the root thing, being seen, not hiding behind, you know, I work in IT or I worked, you know, past tense in IT. And I, in fact, I, I approach astrology from this very IT engineering, you know, I'm the daughter of an engineer, um, way of seeing things and, and taking things apart and putting things back together. And so I like would use like IT and that kind of scientific positioning as a way to make myself like um, validate myself, uh-huh. you know, against this like, ooh, you know, astrology, she must be an idiot for believing in astrology. Um, but, you know, when Spirit said to me, it's not about the astrology and they were right, but I had to sit with that one for a little bit and then you know, it was that it was the what I like to call the spiritual truth bomb. Yeah. <laughs> when they like they totally like come for me and with love, of course, and they just like boom. I'm like, okay, all right, it's not about the astrology. And but then you know I'm gonna get those moments where I'll get a little bit of echo, or just where somebody will kind of rattle that old thing, and I'm just like, <laughs> I see what you're doing. You know, uh-huh. in my head, I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing. Um, and so the, the story arc, you know, I always tell people, like, you're living this story arc, you know, be the hero of your own story. So when you look back and you're like, yeah, that was the lesson. I, like, had to put my big girl britches on and find my courage, but that was the lesson. And so uh-huh. when I leave this planet, I'm be like, all right, I, I gave it my all. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I love that. That's so beautiful. I've had, I've been smiling the whole time you've been telling the story. <laughs> there's so many, yeah, there's so many stories we could tell, I think that w- would be parallel and, and, and really illuminate, but I, we're coming close to an hour. So I think what I would like to give people here, if you're comfortable with this, and it might be really interesting, is there anything, because so we're talking about astrology from a very personal level, but there's like a collective you know, aspect to astrology too. So is there anything that's going on, um, you know, culturally that is interesting in astrology right now that you would want to talk about that? Yeah, that seems interesting. We, well, we've been in um, some pretty serious um, hard aspects in the sky over the last 10 years and to varying kind of ups and downs. Um, I personally believe that we're in a particular critical moment in humanity where we have to become awake and we have to make different decisions and we have to be like active, conscious players in, in the in the drama of life. Um, and I think that, um, you know, uh, I, we're coming into something called Saturn conjunct Pluto into next year where we're feeling it right now. And I'll put this in English. Um, Pluto has been in the sign of Capricorn for 11 years since 2008. And this is a big deal because Pluto takes 248 years to go around the sun. So collectively we are experiencing a planetary energy um, or, you know, depending on how you look at it, you know, it's time to, to do this work where we have to look at the underside collectively of structures, government, how we, um, how we organize things. And we've been doing a lot of deep collective shadow work since 2008 um, around government and power and control, um, money. So I think that the things that we're seeing in the world, and I'm, I'm trying to say this very kind of politically neutrally, um, is just it's, we're kind of picking up the rock as a as a human as humanity, and we're looking at like oh yeah that's there it's always there. Um, so I think that the things that we are dealing with culturally or collectively politically. Um, it's things we have to do this work. Um, you know, the United States is almost 248 years old, which means it's having a Pluto return. And Pluto is all about the shadow work. No, yeah. Nobody alive is going to live for their Pluto return. They would have to be <laughs> live 248 years. Um, but institutions can be 248 years old. Countries can be 248 years old so we are you know i'm saying this from perspective of an american you know of course there might be other countries um 
people from other countries listening, but there's a, there's a shadow work that's happening in the U.S. right now where we have to look at our institutions and our structures. Um, again, trying to be very neutral in that yeah. statement. Um, and just, you know, just to kind of look at it, if we can all as, as a collective, even as a collective of Americans, to like look at that neutrally and be like, we've got work to do as a country. Yeah, and I just want to add here for people who maybe don't know or or aren't as familiar with the term shadow, what shadow work means is everything has to, that needs to be transmuted or, or or alchemized or transcended has to come up to the surface. Right. Like, so a lot of st- what what you're saying is a lot of messiness, stickiness, ugliness, stuff that's not pain working. and suffering. Yeah. The the if if something has been around for 248 years, then it has a karma with pain and suffering. There's no you know pain, that's kind of intrinsic to to life. Of course, we don't want to suffer, but but you know maybe in the United States we have to look at where there has been pain and suffering for certain peoples. Um, we can't escape that right now. That's what Pluto does. It, it kind of puts it in our face. Um, again, being very neutral in that statement. So that's a collective work. But I think that even if we take it outside of the the U.S. and look at just humanity as a whole, the the structures and the way we've been doing things just doesn't work anymore. And I think it's we're in this kind of run up to what's called the Saturn-Pluto conjunction in January, where these these structures they have to they have to change, they have to transmute. We have to look at and take out and tear down and rebuild the things that aren't working. So it's not I, I mean I know I get a lot of the like when does it get easier, when does it get better, when does it go back to normal, you know, what you know, what's normal. Um but I think that um, we're just in this time where, because consciousness has to rise on a collective level, hopefully this doesn't sound too woo-woo, that we have to face the things that are not in consciousness. They're not in light. They're in anti-consciousness. They, they destroy instead of create, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yes, it does. And I know if you just take it from like, so obviously we work on ourselves and that helps with the collective, but if you just take it and look at it, magnify, like say from the microcosm to the macrocosm, I know for me personally, on a personal level, sometimes things get worse before they get better. And sometimes there's a really uncomfortable transition period where it feels like things uh, um, should be further along maybe than they are. So I'm, so I imagine it would be same. It would be the same for uh, culturally and just as a planet and, and human beings. I'm sure there'll be a lot of, uh, a transition period where things right yeah things don't change when things are easy things change because they like things get hard and we have to face things it's if we, even if we take it back from the collective level to the personal level and, I, and i'm sure you agree with this from your own experiences in life that the changes that i made within myself i wouldn't have made unless everything broke down Yes, correct. And, and, uh, and so I'm going to throw this question back to you because I was discussing this with a girlfriend the other day. Now, what was catalyzed my journey or my true change, my real integration and healing work was something that was very painful, but, uh, I've had a ton of growth through love as well. Meaning since 2017, 18, there wasn't, um, it's been really beautiful to also see how I am really still learning and evolving through really just like loving myself in the most, and I know love gets so overplayed. So I don't know if that even feels, if people even resonate with that word or know what that means, but just being very patient and kind and compassionate and curious and, and just, yeah, just kind to myself. There's been a ton of growth there too, but it wasn't, I don't think it would have been catalyzed without that first very disruptive, painful period uh, in 2011, 12, 13. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree. Like, I mean, for me, I've, I'm having some of the strongest relationships. I mean, relationships across the board that I've ever had in my life. My capacity to give and to receive love is greater than ever. And I look forward to that continuing to grow, but it had to, I had to get back to the root self where I wasn't accepting love or connection. 
in my life. And so I think that now that I'm, I'm going to say this in astrology speak, and then I'll say it in English, you know, now that Uranus is in Taurus for the next seven years, and Taurus is so much about the body, and touch and pleasure, and like that very tactile connection, that we can finally, and hopefully, especially if we've been really disconnected from our bodies, or shameful of our bodies, we can just be in the pleasure of being a human being with everything within, you know, reason, of course, but, um, and I think that we, there's just so much shame and trauma around pleasure and and being in our bodies and being here and touch, even just something as simple as touch or taste, Mm -hmm. you know, I, so I just think that this is a time when as much as it's about we're doing maybe this kind of really intense work on a collective level, there is that very personal work that can be rooted in, in pleasure as much as it can be rooted in disruption and facing our own suffering. Um, So I think that you can have these parallel experiences of soul growth. It doesn't have to be, you know, because we're being hit over the head by life. Um, But we can also choose, you know what, I'm going to choose love. I'm going to choose pleasure Mm -hmm. and touch and smell and taste and just go out into the world and be in the trees. And I mean, hopefully, Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, it's like that very sensual uh-huh. Uh, sensuality of life. Yes, yes, I love. Oh, I feel that. I so feel that. Yeah, um, that's beautiful. Well, Katie, I unless there's anything else you want to add, or um, before we close up, since it's going on an hour. Yeah, we we talked about a lot of juicy stuff. You know, things that are very much on a like a big macro level, but hopefully on a very personal level, and hopefully see how astrology um, doesn't have to be daunting. It can be this very rudiment rudimentary tool in your life. Um, we've just kind of took it to another level. Um, and, and had like like I said a really juicy conversation in the meantime I'm actually you know shameless plug teaching a webinar on how to read the nail chart just like as a almost like a crash course okay, uh, cool. on August 3rd details on my website poweringastrology.com um, but yeah so we've you know that's that's astrology it's things it, we are the cosmos and the cosmos is us. It's like the fundamental reality. And if we have this beautiful ancient language, it still works in the modern age. How ancient is it? Just how ancient is astrology? At least 5,000 years old, at least. That's what I thought. Okay. Um, the astrology as we know it, and, and I do hope that I'm not butchering my astrological history because um, I'll hear about it. Um, I believe astrology as we know it, it kind of comes from the Greeks, comes from the, what's called the Hellenistic tradition. But there are earlier versions going back to the Babylonians, Sumerians. But it's like our understanding of astrology is only as goes as far back as we have actual records. Okay. You know, yeah. so it's yeah. it's quite possible even more ancient than that. Um, so other than the webinar that you're doing, you also do person, you do personal readings with yeah. people. Yeah. So I do uh, one-on-one uh, consultations with people, mostly within the framework of an hour. Um, and most of what I do is remote, meaning through Skype, through phone. So you don't have to be in New York City where I am to actually work with me. Um, And that's the beauty of the internet. You know, I can connect with somebody West Coast or somebody in Australia or somebody in Europe. Um, And, you know, my my own personal work is evolving. But I, I think that this this will always remain true. It's like helping to place you in the moment, this moment of your life. And being a you know midwife, a shepherd, whatever um, uh, metaphor you want to use, to get you to where you need to go, to help you to see your life from a different perspective, for you to maybe see what's in your way, because mm-hmm. you know spirit is like, all right, you 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 said you're gonna go here in this life, and you got this work to do. What's you know what's in the road? What's in the path? What's in the journey? Um, so I, you know, I love working with people on a deep level, but I also like just putting, simply putting people into this, the moment, you know, if they are coming up to the Saturn return, for instance, or even second Saturn return, age 58, um, there's different, different times in our life where we kind of have this intersection of astrology and it's a big check-in with the, with the journey. So, mm-hmm. 
There you go. So all the different, okay, beautiful. So all the different ways. So empower, empoweringastrology.com. And then you're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, under em, Twitter. Okay. Under empowering astrology. And I'm sure all the links are on your website and I'll make sure I have the links to your website in the show notes. Um, but, and people can sign up to do the webinar or sign up to have a reading with you through your website and through your, I know I saw on your Instagram, people can get to yep. those links too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Katie, I appreciate, I think this is, a, this turned out so, I mean, I knew it was going to be good, but, um, I think you and I have a special kind of chemistry because we're oh, so thank you. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom and, um, and sharing this with people. Cause I know I've been getting a lot of questions about it lately and I hope that everyone comes to see you that hears this show yeah, vice versa. and yeah, and get some, get some insight and, into where they're growing into or what they've maybe been going, going through. Um, so thank you so no, much I'm for being here. So honored and thankful to have this chance to you know, share my life and share my work. And yeah, I think we do have a special chemistry and, um, I look forward to future connections and this is like we said, we had a very juicy conversation. Perfect. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. And enjoy your afternoon. All right. Take okay. care. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey guys, you made it this far. You're officially a whole human triber. Thank you so much for listening in to today's show. I hope you found something incredibly insightful or helpful or something actionable that will help you along on your journey. After all, that is my mission to be a relatable, accessible voice. So here's what I need from you. If you can leave a review, a five-star review would be greatly helpful or whatever feels in alignment. Written reviews are even better. Remember to share with your friends, blast it out on social media. That's also incredibly helpful. iTunes loves that. So thank you for being here again. And don't forget to tune in and subscribe so that you can get alerts for next week's show. Love you. All love.